You obviously like listening to powerful and inspiring women, so we want to tell you about another show that highlights women who are trailblazers and generally kick ass wherever they are. Latina to Latina, hosted by broadcast veteran Alicia Menendez, lets you listen in on intimate conversations with some of the most fascinating Latinas in the U.S. These women are changing the world in media, business, fashion, fitness, and so many other fields. From Hollywood power producers to chefs building culinary empires to activists redefining bravery, guests on Latina to Latina are the types of women you'll come to admire. So take a listen and subscribe to Latina to Latina wherever you listen to podcasts and visit latinatolatina.com for more. Welcome back, Brown Girls. This is Ashanti Golar, founder of the Brown Girls Guide to Politics and political director for Emerge. Today, we are bringing you a very special bonus episode that we recorded live after the She the People Presidential Forum. On April 24th, 1,700 women of color gathered in Houston, Texas to hear from eight presidential candidates. The She the People Presidential Forum was the first ever presidential forum dedicated to women of color. Like many of you, I have no idea what took so long for us to have this forum and for presidential candidates to gather in a space and really take the concerns of women of color seriously. Post-forum, I got together with four amazing women, Nayala Amaru, Amber Goodwin, Vanessa Cardenas, and Amanda Renteria. We talked about who won big, who made some missteps, and what impact we think the forum will have on the 2020 presidential election cycle going forward. I hope you enjoy this episode. We had a lot of fun recording it. I'm here with some of my favorite women of color, and we just attended the She the People Presidential Forum, the first presidential forum dedicated to women of color. I'm going to have our guests introduce themselves, and then we're going to get right into it, because I know I have a lot of thoughts. I know they have a lot of thoughts, and we need to get all of these thoughts out of our mind. (laughs) So we were going to start with one of my good friends for over 10 years, Amber Goodwin. Thanks so much for having me. This is Amber Goodwin. I'm the executive director of the Community Justice Action Fund. Hello, everyone. I am Nayela Amaru, advocacy and policy strategist. I'm Amanda Renteria, uh, chair of Emerge America. And I'm Vanessa Cardenas. I'm senior director of national outreach at Emily's List. Such badass women. <laughs> Thank you for being with us today. So my first question is, when you found out She the People was going to be doing this presidential forum, what made you say, oh, I have to be there? I, what made me say I have to be here is I could go right down the street. I'm from Houston. <laughs> and um, I, I called my good friend, Risha Thomas, who works here for SEIU. And we've been talking about how incredible 2020 is going to be and how Houston really, and Texas is just really looked at as an ATM and people come through our mm-hmm. state and don't invest. And so I just thought it was an incredible opportunity to make sure that people knew about the richness, just not just of Houston, but of a historically black university like TSU. I knew I had to come when I found out about this event uh, for a few reasons. Number one, we as women of color have always been the ones to create platforms for ourselves to be seen, heard, and to be recognized. Mm -hmm. And particularly in the political arena, no matter where on the aisle that you choose to sit, 
our issues in particular have always been traditionally sidelined because traditional media, the, the mainstream narrative, has never focused on our issues from our lenses, from our perspectives. And the, consequen the consequence of that dismissal of our issues and our concerns has resulted in really consequential policies that have severe impact on our communities. And so for a forum to be created with the intention of bringing presidential hopefuls into our house, where we control the conversation mm -hmm. and have these folks on the record mm -hmm. to hold them accountable is incredibly powerful and is incredibly needed and is so us as women yeah. out there. Mm -hmm. I, I want to add to that because everything you said is exactly right. Um, and it, it brings to mind two things. One, part of it is how can this possibly be the first, right? right. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> and then the other piece to it is, I want to be there because I don't want this to be the last. Yeah. It must be something that happens every single presidential cycle. And, um, and then the third piece is just being with all of you. Mm. I mean, when do we get together like right. this, yeah. right? Um, so, man, I, I, there's no way I would miss it. Yeah. No, I, it's the same way. You know, when I heard about it, I'm like, okay, what do I have to do to get myself there? <laughs> and I have been in this sort of the movement, the broader movement, long enough to know when it was a big deal, when a, progr like a, when a progressive or a democratic organization would include immigration on their talking points. You know what I mean? Like, I've been there long enough to know that that, that, that didn't happen before. And for to have a space where we can ask our questions, you know, the, the questions that our communities are concerned about and have those issues front and center was really just powerful for me. And the second piece is, again, to build our own home, right? So to invite these presidential hopefuls to come to the table. And, and we as hosts, I think it's just it's so amazing, again, to just sort of be with such powerful women and the joy that's in the room and yeah. just, it's just different, you know? And I think the last thing I would say is that we function in these spaces where there's not enough of us. Mm -hmm. So to be in a, in, a, in a space where it's actually, we are the majority, just yeah. feels different. It's just so amazing to have something that's for us mm -hmm. and by us. And it always just has a different energy. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just love being around women of color who right. are so engaged. They're like, we're about to ask you these tough questions. <laughs> right, right. And Joanne Reed is called moderating. <laughs> so you best know right. you're not going to get off the hook easy. Right. Right. So we just heard from Cory Booker, Beto O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, Julian Castro, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Tulsi Gabbard, and Elizabeth Warren. So who surprised you, good or bad? I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> I don't know that she's surprised me because Elizabeth Warren is just so smart. And everybody mm -hmm. knows that, right? She's very policy savvy, has a lot of substance, brings a lot to the table. But I was really surprised how center she was in the room and how the room received her. Yeah. I think that she really spoke to the audience and really focused on, a lot of her comments were really focused on racial justice and people needed to hear that. And I think she did that better than some of the other folks. So, mm -hmm. you know. 
it's yeah. great to see a woman doing that. Well, and just to remember, as she walked in, right, it was part of the end of the pot. Right. So right. folks are a little bit tired. And I thought, oh, we have yeah. one more left to go. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she walks in this room, and it was this ball of positive energy. Yeah. And she really did connect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would just also add, that's actually one thing that we saw at Emily's List. You know, we supported all these women last cycle. And one of the things that really resonated with voters is where you bring your personal stories to it. Mm-hmm. And I think she did that really well today. I also so, would yeah. say that I think that, you know, I I think we as, as women of color, but just as a community of progressives have really, we've challenged white women, especially mm-hmm. since 2016, that... Mm-hmm they needed to show up for us in a different way than just like physically showing up. They need to talk about the issues that are important to us and not just on the surface level, but actually talk about what does mortality rates of, you know, uh, maternity health look like. And that's something that I think the Senator talked about. And then also Senator Klobuchar talked about police killings and like Philanda Castile, right? When was the last time that that happened with any Democrat, whether they were black or brown or anything. And so I think we're demanding that you can't get away with just the surface level. And mm-hmm. I think um, especially for, I will say for uh, the white women candidates, um, we, and I think just the women candidates in general, um, everybody has to be held accountable. And so I think that it was really um, uh, great to see um, everyone coming out with really strong answers that, as you said, Joanne Reed and Amy Allison, we're not going to let you get away with um, not actually <laughs> answering the questions. And so I think it was incredibly empowering as somebody who works on gun violence to actually hear a presidential candidate talking about police killings and that police officers shouldn't be solely responsible for how they figure out what the, the solutions look like. And um, hopefully that this is coming from the community instead. So for me, uh I think who surprised me um, in a positive way was uh, Elizabeth Warren. And I'm so glad that she was the last one um, because so what, what I really liked about Elizabeth Warren um, and full disclosure, I'm undecided at this point. I'm going to earn it the old fashioned way. You're going to have to convince me. Um, and so what I really appreciated appreciated about her was her energy and her ability to connect with us um, and her ability to combine both the policy details, nuances, which were lacking in other uh, candidates' responses, which I will address soon, uh, and but also the importance of storytelling, right? Yeah, Those yeah. of us who, as women of color, we, we often come into these political spaces because of advocacy, because we have been impacted ourselves, our families, our communities, our neighborhoods have been impacted, which have resulted, unfortunately, in a, you know, uh, you know, an arsenal of stories to tell of why we need to change the policies that we're fighting for or fighting against. Um, and so I really appreciated her ability to volunteer step with her call and response. I was like, yes, yeah. Liz, <laughs> she ready. Yeah. Hashtag she ready. So I really appreciate her ability to bring in that positive energy find that balance of storytelling rooted in values, which is why she's focused on the policy nuances and why that's important. Um, And again, you know, being very forthright and centering the racial aspects of these policies, which other candidates were dragging and are still dragging their feet on, which brings me to what surprised me um, in terms of, I think, the the, the not so positive, um, uh, I guess, feedback was uh, Bernie Sanders' um, presentation. I was really disappointed in that everything that happened after 2016 and all the time there has been to really reflect and dig in deep about what is the story out there about this this lack of enthusiasm or not supporting or or, um, uh, lack of support from black and brown women 
wanting to know the why so that you can do better. And this time I was listening to him sidestep questions directly asking about what are you going to do for us? As black and brown women, how are your policies going to make our lives better and our communities? And I didn't get a direct answer. And I thought that was really disappointing because there's been such a long stretch of time to really think about how can I use my policies to uplift communities that have been marginalized and really think thoughtfully about that before I come and address an audience specifically of black and brown women. So I was very disappointed by that. Yeah, there was someone behind me who they're like, sir, you knew you were coming here. You didn't anticipate these questions. But yeah, that was that was a little disappointing. But I was really surprised by Beto's closing. So the question that they were asked is, you know, just about why women of color should vote for them. And I appreciated the fact that he said, you shouldn't just vote for me. I have to earn your vote. Mm -hmm. And I think it took it back to why many of the candidates were there is to really learn and listen. Were they getting strong applause? Was it quiet? Were they like, oh, no, he just didn't. (laughs) And I just I appreciated that a lot from him. But for me, I was not surprised Elizabeth Warren did well. Mm -hmm. I was actually telling a lot of people Mm -hmm. I expect for her to do well because, you know, we all live our own Twitterverse and I follow a lot of black and brown women who are normally extremely just critical of candidates, elected officials, but I slowly just start seeing them like, did y'all see what Elizabeth Warren said? Did you watch this video? And I'm like, they're like, I'm taking a look at her. And I was like, there's something there Mm because these are very hard women to win over. And the fact that they're even... Like they're like, hey, E Weezy. I was like, oh, <laughs> E Weezy. I'm like, okay, she she is definitely yeah. starting to yeah. get yeah. women of color to pay attention to her. But I know for me, what I like is she doesn't shy away from talking about how racism and sexism plays into yep. all of these institutional problems that we have, these government problems. And I just appreciate a candidate calling things for what mm-hmm. it is, because I feel so many times as women of color, just in this role, especially in politics, you're made to feel like you're crazy yeah. and Every that day. those sorts of things don't exist. Mm-hmm. So to have a presidential candidate who's a white woman saying, oh, no, that's real. And I have a plan for it. I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> thank you. The other the other piece that I think was surprising and interesting is that last question, right? Why, why should women of color vote for you was so clear and direct. Um, to, to see the differences, right? Beto took some time to see Amy Klobuchar said to say, I'm in one of those shoes, but not two of those shoes. And I can't pretend to know the world that you're in. It's interesting to hear a candidate say, I don't know what you walk, but I really respect it. I'm going to say that out loud. And it was surprising to me, actually, my own reaction to that, which was, thank you. Thanks for acknowledging not only our sameness in one shoe, but also our difference in the other and not be afraid of saying that. And I think we just need more of that. You know, I think we need more um, of just political leaders in general acknowledging what they don't know, but also feeling being bold and strong enough to come into the spaces to listen, to learn, and to do better, which is why I also felt disappointed with Bernie, because he's had plenty of time to think about this, and um, he didn't have a strong answer. 
So it was a very robust conversation. I think Joanne Reed, Amy mm-hmm. Allison, they covered a range of issues. So for which candidates, what dominant issues do you really think that there was for the forum? Because some of the candidates were really good at weaving in issues into questions that weren't even asked. And some people were like, oh no, they're gone on a tangent. And then they weave it right back into what they talked about. So what did you like that you heard today? I think the, um, Cory Booker, when he talked about climate change, was yes. really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's actually an issue that, at least on the outside, most people don't think that that's an issue important to people of color. Mm-hmm. But that is such a central issue for us, right? Our kids are, you know, uh, are breathing bad air, they're drinking bad water, I mean, and just so on and off. And, and I think just him leading with that, and just also the connection that that has to other issues, whether it's health, whether it's economic, whether it's housing. So I think that was really important, and it's good to start the conversation with that. Yeah, I was really glad there was a question about the environment, yeah. because I feel as women of color, people think that we don't care. Right. And I remind them, we do care about the environment, but right. we care about the fact that Flint still doesn't have clean drinking water, that these power plants are moving into our communities Mm -hmm. and our kids are developing asthma. Mm -hmm. Those those are things that we care about. So having the range and the depth Mm -hmm. to look at it through those different lenses. And I think that is definitely one of Senator Booker's strengths, like how he is able to do that. And one of the things I liked about him too is he talked about like, I was raised by black women. I love black women. And I just love hearing black men say they love black women. Love it. That's smart of him to say. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think on that note, um, having, you know, Mayor Castro talk about how he was raised by both his grandmother and his mother and how that really impacted him. And I also think that he was able to weave in um, you know, childhood education and how whenever he was mayor, I think people forget that he was mayor of a major city right, that has people right. of color, but also has is a very diverse, rich city. Yeah. Um, and so it was really exciting to see um, to see somebody, you know, for him to talk about what he was able to do as mayor and how that that could potentially impact his role uh, on a national level. And so um, it, was, it was exciting to hear that. And, you know, he's, um, you know, both him and um, uh, uh, Congressman work or from Texas and so kind of the home hometown guys. Um, but again, I think it's important. You don't have to just have been raised by women of color, but you can tell that that was something that right. potentially impacted some of the policies that he did as mayor. And so it was exciting to see him talk about that. Uh, so what I really appreciated about uh, the conversation about the issues was that they were so broad, but yet so interconnected. And mm-hmm. I think when we're, when we're in particular, when we're talking about gender issues, women's issues, mm-hmm. or people of color issues, that there are these very limited buckets of how we understand what those issues are. And I think for me, what I really appreciate about this forum was so many different issues were touched upon and discussed through a policy lens Mm -hmm. centered on our experience as black and brown women. And I think it really brought into light in a way that has never been done before, how much intersectionality has to be centered mm-hmm. on public policies um, versus just trying to focus on policies through a strict economic lens or a strict racial lens or a strict women's lens. Um, so I really appreciate that about in terms of um, the issues that they were also interconnected and threaded through our lived experience as women of color in America. I uh, I didn't expect coming into this thing that we would have a full like class on housing and by the way the audience wanted it yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the other piece to that that I found so interesting and fascinating 
Um, so we got a lot of housing, and I think that was good. I think yeah. it's really great that we were able to dive in. The other piece, um, not so much about the issues, but the way they were raised. The fact that we empowered women up there on the stage, mm -hmm. no matter how nervous some folks got, yeah. it was we were all in this together and they were representing us on that stage asking those questions. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a moment for me as I was sitting there watching, right, particularly one of the one of the questions where she was shaking and the audience just we, we started clapping. Yeah. And we're like, you yeah. got it. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, this, this is an important question. Yeah. Like, say it, say it. I think, I think that is what made it incredibly special. No matter what question came out, whether it's immigration or the broadness of it, I felt like I was up there. The piece of me was up there. Yeah. But can even I, to that point, too, I want to say that I think it also reflects the savviness of our community. Absolutely. You know what? Mm -hmm. It's like the time when you just say your talking point and then leave is gone. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the women in the room and I think that's just reflected is reflecting of the movement as a whole. They want receipts. They want to see what you have done, where right. you have been, yep. what are you going to do, and, and for you to be specific and straight. And and I feel like we had that conversation today. And to, going to your point, not just about the token issue, but talking about you know sort of the repercussions of that, how it affects our community, how it really, how also the solutions is not just within the community but the whole system. Right. So I really appreciated that. And I, I just wanted to add, just to build off of that, what I really appreciated about that format of just having everyday black and brown women mm -hmm. ask presidential candidates questions, for me, really reminded us, reminded me of how we always redefine and challenge power. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think the, the, the traditional mode of thinking would be presidential candidates are among the most powerful people in America. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we had ourselves, our representatives, us on that stage to the point that you to the point that you brought up was incredibly powerful, I think, in terms of seeing the real power of America, right? Flexing our own political muscles and demanding accountability on the stage to me was just it, it was such a an, an empower powerful um, I think just image but also lesson in terms of how we as black and brown women have always been in the business of redefining and challenging power. Mm -hmm. I also to say that I think for so long, and Ashanti, you said we've known each other for 10 years. It's more like 15, so I'm just dating. But as long as I can remember what has determined, no matter what party we're with, is mostly white people in like Iowa and New Hampshire. And we've all mm -hmm. gone to Iowa. I'm going to go to Iowa again as a volunteer just in general. and this was a time where people were looking at women of color and saying what they, they're self-determining what power looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was really exciting to see that and to also know that if I was Joe the plumber or if I was somebody in the Midwest, a white person, you know, a, a coal miner, you can look at the forum today and see these people who are on the stage, these people who are asking questions, that is America. And these are the people, if we lift up these folks, we're going to lift up the entire country. And yeah. so I really, really believe that saying that and doing that with people who are from the community was so important. They could have picked any political person. There are ton, we've got, you know, 19 black women judges. We could have picked so many right. powerful black people in the, or quote unquote, powerful black people or brown people. But they were, these are the people who are doing the work, right? And these are the people on the ground. And so I think it was incredible, incredibly powerful to see that and have that decision to be made to, to have really highlight them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved it. Just seeing the everyday women there. And it just changed it because they were telling their stories. Mm -hmm. There were so many that stuck out with me, but in particular, 
the waitress yeah. who mm -hmm. makes less than $3 an hour and has to rely on tips mm -hmm. and talked about how when she wouldn't give a man her phone number, he didn't give her a tip. Like these are just issues that we don't see in these other town halls in these conversations, but they impact us so deeply as women of color. And even with criminal justice, I feel that this is one of the more deeper, <laughs> deeper conversations that we have actually had, which I really appreciate them talking about because like in the work Amanda and I do, I pay so much attention to how our alums are changing things because we used to say that the school to prison pipeline started in the third grade, mm -hmm. but now we know they're suspending black and brown preschool. kids in preschool, yeah. in pre-K okay. because, you know, oh, you know, little Tommy, he, he's just a kid, he's playing around, but oh, Tyrone mm -hmm. and, you know, Julian, they know better. Right. So just how that's impacting and then just the work on the local level. We have an alum, Leslie Herod, who's doing so much to get women tampons in prison and to ban the box mm -hmm. and bail reform. So it reminded me how important these people are, but then also how we still need to hold our local elected officials accountable as well, because whoever's gonna be our democratic nominee, we gotta remember, we're not gonna agree with them on everything. Right. So we have to make sure that we're still focusing on our state and local too. Can I just say something that I think for me was just so great to see because I also think it speaks to the, um, to the inclusivity of this all. And that is to have a Native American woman ask a question, yes. Chrissy Castro, who's an amazing leader. But that just, that moment also just sort of recenter the fact that just last year we elected the first Native American yes. women to Congress. Wow. The first, you know, the first Native, and it's both like an amazing thing, but it's also like a depressing thing, mm -hmm. right? Because the first Native American women. Um, but just to sort of have the presence today was really important. And I think it just sort of also speaks to the fact that in this forum, and I think for women of color, we are just being intentional about being inclusive and just bringing all the voices to the table and making sure no one is left behind. We the people have a lot of power. Small dollar donors gave more than $1.6 billion to campaigns and organizations through ActBlue's platform in the 2018 election cycle. That's because ActBlue makes online giving easy and secure for grassroots supporters. ActBlue's simple but powerful digital fundraising tools fuel campaigns and organizations of all sizes, from local nonprofits to presidential candidates. By making online giving easy and secure for grassroots supporters, ActBlue helps to empower us to have a big impact on the direction of the country. Plus, with ActBlue, candidates know they're using the best tools available. As both a nonprofit and a tech organization, its tools are rigorously A-B tested, automatically mobile optimized, and constantly being improved. Special thanks to ActBlue for their support of this first season of the Brown Girls Guide to Politics. ActBlue is responsible for the content of this advertising. So what kind of impact do you think that this will have on the women who are in the room, on the candidates, to the women who are watching the live stream? What do you think is going to be next? I think just for the people who were watching and couldn't be there, I think people feel included. And it's not mm -hmm. about one political party. They're not going to say, oh, I'm going to vote straight ticket Democratic. Mm -hmm. I think that they're going to say, these are the candidates. I have a choice. And it's a really tough choice, right? Um, I think that also people are going to say, 
I'm going to look up how these candidates are being held accountable on all these other issues that are important to me. You know, I work on gun violence prevention. I think there was some conversation on it, but not in specific to what is going, why are black and brown women getting murdered yeah. every single day by guns and people are just not talking about mm -hmm. it. When we're talking about trans women of color, trans women of color are getting murdered by people that they know mm -hmm. every single day mm -hmm. and who is talking about it and what do those solutions look like? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think people are going to, you know, see what happened and we need more of these, right? We need to have these frequently um, and often. And so I think if, if uh, for the folks that were in the room are going to feel very empowered, and I hope that also many of the women in the room and the women around this table are all thinking about running for office um, and um, and thinking about, um, you know, the wonderful programs that Emerge does and, you know, Emily's List does to make sure that women have what they need to be successful. Vote run lead. Vote yeah, run lead. Women. Yeah. And so I think that looking at, you know, just how you can be a piece of this big puzzle whether you're working on a presidential. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think I think that that's what I would think. But I also just want to be very honest that I, I would also hope there's a lot of people who couldn't make it today, right? Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. they have jobs. Mm -hmm. They couldn't take off a full day. They couldn't travel here. You know, the restaurant worker you were talking about, they left after a shift last night yeah. from Louisiana and, and could make here. it here. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm. we're all, I think, always thinking about those folks, right, who aren't in these rooms that we have the privilege to be in. And so mm -hmm. the people who are just getting out of prison, the people who are formerly mm -hmm. incarcerated. Mm -hmm. So how do we include them to make sure that their voices are not just in the room, but they're leading the conversations is something that I think I'm taking away um, as part of like the privilege that I have to be in these rooms to make sure that those are the voices that the presidential candidates um, can, can hear from directly as well. I would just add that I, I think that the impact of today's forum, I think it's just the power of being seen, to be seen fully. For us as women of color, you know, no matter, you know, you know from, a, from a nonpartisan perspective, um, to have our doors knocked on for a vote versus to really be listened to, to be heard. And I think for me, the impact of today's forum, I think reflects the growing recognition that we have for ourselves, that we have been giving away the power that we've had for so long. And we're coming into a space in American history where we are recognizing our true power that we've always had, but now recognizing it for ourselves and organizing with each other in sisterhood to center ourselves, um, beginning with the most marginalized at the edges and knowing what it's like to be marginalized, to be intentional about thinking about who's not here, who does not have the privilege to make it to Houston, Texas, to be in these rooms, to be in these conversations. And so I think the impact um, is, is, is ongoing in that we see ourselves and now there's this recognition that you need us. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's an incredibly powerful moment given American history and given our own experiences as black and brown women trying to navigate these spaces politically. Um, just the power of being seen and being heard is, um, I think, is incredibly powerful. I'd add to that and being together. Right. Yeah. Um, that that piece for me from being in that room, um, what I hope is that everyone felt like we kind of went on a journey together. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And those that weren't there, I hope they felt it some way, too. And, you know, what we were sharing online, et cetera. Um, for the campaigns, I want to be a little realistic. Right. I remember 2016 and I remember going through I was national political director for Hillary Clinton. And I remember going through those numbers. And today we gave some tangibility to that. Yeah. For any candidate that walked in, 
you know, maybe they saw those numbers before, but looking at the audience and all of a sudden being in it, there's no doubt that every single one of those candidates, they may have never been in a room like that before. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they know it's young and growing and becoming increasingly powerful. That piece, I hope, will end up having campaigns understand how important this group is. But I also hope that and I look at it also from a political operative standpoint. I hope all the women today, I got to see a lot of friends. I know all of us did in the room. I hope they feel empowered um, because they put some tangibility around numbers as well. Mm-hmm. I just add to that, and you guys are also eloquent, but I would just say that I think we showed that women of color need a reason to vote for somebody, mm-hmm. not just to vote against somebody, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the message. It's not enough to just be anti-Trump. Mm-hmm. We just got to name him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you have to actually to give us something to vote for. And I actually think that made the difference when Obama ran for office. You know, in last 2016, we did not see the number of women of color that turned out before, right? So we really need to sort of energize and give women of color something to vote for an affirmative sort of agenda. And I think the second piece is that for women of color, this is something new, right? So I think for me, of course, it's not going to be the last, right? So I hope that what women take away from this experience is how they can innovate and create the spaces in their own communities where they see themselves as leaders, as organizers. Mm-hmm. And I have to give a shout out to Jessica Bird because... Yeah, yes. Jaybird. Yes. <laughs> because she just creates these incredible spaces. And for me, as a Latina, it's just so... I feel so proud of her. Yeah. And, and I know that we all do. And I'm just like, yes, girl. And we just need to clone her. And I know there's a lot of... There's a lot of... She's in the process of doing I know, it. I know. <laughs> there's a lot of J-birds out there that are Latina and Asian and Native American. And I just want them all to just sort of be empowered and supported. And I think that's also, I think, just seeing the leadership of women of color, I think, is powerful. I also say I think it's something really important you said because... I think as black women, we hear hashtag black girl magic and we're like, you don't actually know what that means. And you're not actually talking to us and you didn't talk to us before the elections. You only talk to us and look at our numbers afterwards. But I think it's important when we say women of color, we need to mean it. Mm -hmm. And we need to mean that we're all in this together because I think that people pander to black women and then they don't follow up kind of on a political tangent or with issues. And I think seeing all of us together and saying we're all in this together was really important and critical because I think just to be quite honest, we could have had a black women forum in Houston. We have, you know, 19 new black women judges. We have a predominantly black kind of electorate here. And so we could have done that. We could have had a Latinx one. You know, we could have had all these different types of forums. And I think that it was important that we showed up as women of color and that we also understand that we have very specific issues that are different for our communities mm-hmm. that do intersect, but I think we have to talk about them and name them mm-hmm. as such. So when we're talking about equal pay, we are talking about you know Latinx women mm-hmm. and how that impacts you guys disproportionately more right. than almost everybody, right? right. Um, and so I think that it was really important to see that and actually see a really inclusive crowd today too. Yeah. So this wasn't one of the plan questions, but I'm gonna throw it in because <laughs> y'all are just so smart. <laughs> What advice do you have for the candidates? You know, just like one thing that you hope all of them take away from the forum. I think one of the things that I would want any candidate, regardless of what they're running for, is that women of color are seen as a voting block and not as people. And when you're crafting talking points 
to snatch the vote, to win a campaign. Do not lose the stories of who we are, of what we have been through. And I think oftentimes in political spaces, our human stories are oftentimes lost or reduced to talking points. And, and, and there's certainly room for talking points on the campaign trail. But I think just to, to advise the candidates to recognize that you're running for office to push us towards a more perfect union. A union that includes us who have never been really a part of it. And so how will you use your power rooted in the US Constitution that was crafted with none of us at this table in mind? Mm -hmm. How will you create space with the power that you have to bring us all along to push us towards a more inclusive, participatory, and more just America? After the 2016 election, I was at a forum at Harvard, and I um, just love saying it, I was at a forum at with my, my good friend and just a personal hero of mine, Rashad Robinson, who's the color of change. Mm -hmm. And you love color of change. Yeah, and he, I always specifically remember him saying, um, you know, somebody said, what is the biggest fear that you have now that Trump has been elected? And he said, my biggest fear of that people is that people will learn to hate Donald Trump and never learn to love us mm -hmm. and never learn mm -hmm. to love black people and mm -hmm. never learn to love women and never, never learn to love gay people. And I was like, oh, no, there, you know, I was like already an internet troll by that time of like just slamming him every day. <laughs> but I was like, I don't, I kind of get what you mean, but I don't really get what you mean. And then I saw people getting locked up in cages and I saw our babies getting taken away. And I was like, oh, I get what he was talking about. People are learning to hate this man and hate the fact that he's in office and want to impeach him, but they're not learning to love us and love right. our people. And so my advice would be is that you got to love our people, right? right? And you got to right. learn to love it. You got to learn to talk to us. You got to learn our issues. And it has to be in a way that's authentic. Um, and I think, you know, to bring up Jessica Birch, she's always talking about our North Star and like women of color have got to be the North Star of yeah. all of these candidates um, because it can't just be the first people that are going to vote in this election because mm -hmm. that's not indicative of everything else in America. It's incredibly important. Um, but I think that the candidates have to learn to love our issues and love us just as much. And I think... Uh, to, to just underscore that, it's the future. Yeah. I mean, when you look at our women of color, wherever you go, it is a young group of folks who are fired up and who will actually shape this country. So one way or another, it's better to love it yeah. and welcome it than not. It's your choice. I would give them that more, a very specific and tangible advice is to hire more women of color. Yes. That's the first yes. step. Things, but I agree with everything that you have said. So. And for senior roles too, yes. Yes. just yes. don't hire the Latinas mm -hmm. and the Asian women, the Black <laughs> women to do your outreach right. or your constituency press. Right. I mean, major kudos to all the presidential candidates who have women of color mm -hmm. in senior leadership mm -hmm. as campaign managers, as the press secretaries, the finance people, mm -hmm. because we need to be seen in the entire political campaign right. system, mm -hmm. you know, and just. Stop seeing us as just like voters or people you can pander to. Like, that's mm -hmm. my advice. Mm -hmm. But then with this forum, 
to really just show up early like mm -hmm. they did today. Right. Because one of the things that drives me crazy is why do we only see y'all during GOTV, right. then you in the first pew at the church, <laughs> clapping along, sometimes offbeat, yeah. you didn't even practice. It's showing up right. in the very beginning I mean, and treat us like the swing voters. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. Treat us that yeah. way. Give us that attention. Yeah. That's what I want. I, I want that sort of love too. Mm -hmm. Like love us like that. Mm -hmm. That right. you really have to fight for us. Right. Okay. So our last question, bringing mm -hmm. it back to the forum, the candidates. Which candidates do you think really won today? And the women in the room are going to take a second look at. Hmm. I just. I, right. So I was partially inside and partially outside uh, during the forum and. As everybody was coming out, everybody was talking about Senator Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Um, and I think that end of day, but also just the way in which she was talking about the issues and how she connected with people. And as you mentioned, the storytelling, um, I think also people walked into the forum also being like, Senator Warren's going to get rid of my student debt. So they were like, <laughs> <laughs> like Weezy's going to get rid of my debt. So like, I'm going to really connect with what she got to say. So I think that she set the intentions ahead of time of these issues yeah. that are really important to people. But I just feel like she connected with folks. And, um, you know, I think that that's just what I heard from so many people was yeah. that she did a really incredible, she did an incredible job. I think the winner of today's forum is women of color. Um, <laughs> I want to go ahead and name that. Yes. Um, in terms of the candidate, I would co-sign what Amber just said. I think that Liz Warren really showed up um, in a way that I have not seen her before um, in a space that was really important for candidates um, to show up authentically in. Um, and again, I just think that her, her balance of the storytelling, which shared the values of her why, um, you know, I think was just on point. And it, it wasn't about political theatrics, right? It was about showing scars from her childhood that shared with us her North Star. And then we could decide if that was the direction that we want our country to go in as well. And I think, again, it's just, you know, that balance of build trust so that we trust your leadership, but also be honest enough with us to know that you don't have all the answers. And we will go on that journey with you and figure it out, but we will support you so long as you show up for us. Um, and I think that she did that today for us. Yeah, I think the line of um, nothing was given to you and you had to dig in and find it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. you saw them in and they were like, Ooh. that was the line, man. That was the line. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was the moment. That was the line. And I think, um, I think it was, you know, as after a day of hearing everybody yeah. where it just sprinkled and left you going, that's right. We have, we aren't scared. Yeah. Right. We got to yeah. move forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I also want to, I mean, I, I do agree that Warren did, did great. You know, she really did a great job. Um, I also want to sort of name the fact that to have so many women running for president yes. mm -hmm. is amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we have to say that. And Senator Harris also did yeah. very well today. And she spoke to, you know, she spoke about immigration, gun violence and all of these other issues that are really important to, to our community. So. I think it was just a great day for women of color yeah. and, women, and women's issues and just centering those in this space. And, uh, but again, you know, I think for just our communities is 
are the winners, I think, of today because mm-hmm. everything, you know, the media, we had an exclusive with MSNBC yes. and they, like mm-hmm. the, the whole country was watching. Absolutely. We were trending, you know, nationwide. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Women of color, definitely the winners. Yeah. Joyanne Reed, Amy yes. Allison, yes. Jessica yes. Bird, definitely winners because what they did today was just not easy. Mm-hmm. I was just sending them text messages like, send you thoughts, <laughs> prayers, <laughs> if you just want to vent. Right. Just really amazing. But candidate-wise, just from the responses I heard, people will definitely be taking another look at Senator Warren. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Julian Castro, yes, Cory absolutely. Booker, because for me, they're really strong candidates, but they're not polling that well. Mm-hmm. So I hope that this will give them that extra boost for people to say like, okay, you know, they do have plans. Mm-hmm. We know Elizabeth got plenty of plans. <laughs> She'll tell you about her plans. In detail. In detail. <laughs> but that they really do have you know, what it takes to lead this country. Mm-hmm. And we deserve that type of leadership. Yes. And I think for me, just being in the forum, I have forgot that feeling yep. mm-hmm. of like what it's like to just, oh my gosh, just really smart people <laughs> who are name calling and being like, you know, no collusion, no collusion, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Right, exactly. you know, and just real tangible conversations, you know, coherent tweets, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So it made me just really excited for the future. And I know we're having this conversation about, oh my gosh, we have so many of them running for president, but they're all smart. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I just- this is gonna make them stronger. Yes. Yeah. So. And I just feel like really lucky that we have hard decisions to mm-hmm. make. Yeah. Yeah. But I think any of them will just represent us well. And I'm like, let's get to convention. <laughs> yeah. Let's get this game going. Yeah. So thank you all so much for being on this bonus episode today. <laughs> These are all just fabulous women. I know you all listening know why I love them so much. <laughs> and stay tuned. And if you haven't, check out episode two where we talk to Amy Allison, who is the mm-hmm. founder of She the People. All right, until next time, Brown Girls. That was such an engaging conversation with Amber, Nyala, Amanda, and Vanessa. I really appreciated them taking the time post-forum to digest their thoughts. What were your thoughts? Don't forget, you can keep up with what we're doing in between episodes on social media. You can find The BGG on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The BG Guide. And don't forget to follow Wonder Media Network. You can find them on Instagram at WMN.media and on Twitter at WMN Media. Until next week, Brown Girls, talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.